If you have your Bibles, open to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. It's amazing what happens when you get your battery in the right way. Now think about that spiritually. It's amazing what happens when all of a sudden you get connected rightly to Holy God. How do you connect to the Father? Through prayer. Every encounter you have with God is a prayer encounter. So you can measure, you can see your spiritual life in how you pray. Now listen to me. Every religion in the world prays. They're not right. It's only through Jesus Christ. And so when you pray, it's more than acquisitions you are seeking. You are just not seeking God to give you stuff. When you pray, you learn to pray in accordance with the Word of God. And as you pray Scripture back to the Father, you're never praying more in the will of God than when you pray back the Word of God. And so the Word of God and prayer, they go together. You open the Bible, you sit down to read, and as you're reading the Word of God, you're letting God speak to you. And then you're whispering these prayers back to God. God, work in my life like you have worked in this life. God, do in my life as you are doing here. But look what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, every tree which is the fruit of tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, to everything that creepeth upon the the earth wherein there is life I have given every green herb for me and it was so heavenly father speak to us now in these next few moments in Jesus name amen decades ago there was a guy named R.T. Holland and R.T. Holland had the issue that he was hearing voices in his head don't tell me if you've got that issue going on all right He had issues, and so he told his friend, I hear voices. He said, you hear voices? He said, yeah, all the time I hear music or I hear somebody talking. I hear voices going on in my head. And so he kind of got concerned about R.T., and he said, you need to go to the doctor. So R.T., he set up to get a doctor's visit, and they sent him to a psychiatrist. Imagine that. So he's on the psychiatrist's couch, and the psychiatrist starts to ask him questions. He said, so you tell me, or they tell me that you hear voices. He says, yes. He said, said, I'm hearing Rudy Valley right now. Now, if you're older, you might remember that name. He said, I hear Rudy Valley right now. He said, really? He, He said, what's he doing? He said, he's singing. In fact, he's broadcasting from the pier in Pittsburgh. And this psychiatrist said, right now. Yes. He said, it's all the time. And so the psychiatrist, true story, he, he began to investigate. He said, so, so tell me what you do for a living. And he said, I work at a glass factory. Now, here's what they discovered. Somehow, the silicon from the glass factory, the saliva from R.T.'s mouth, and the dust beads apparently had turned his head into where his teeth are, a receiver for a radio, and he was literally picking up 
this station all the time hearing voices, hearing music, hearing stuff. In this room, there is signals going all the time. If your cell phone is not turned on silent, you're liable to get a ring from Jesus or the devil. We've not decided yet which one it's going to be in just a moment. You see, in this room, there are sound waves because of the, because of the sound system, the soundboard, and, and there are signals going on. Let me ask you, who have you tuned into? Do you know what it is to hear the Lord Jesus Christ? And hear me, when you hear him, do you respond to what he says? Because it does you absolutely no good if all you do is hear him, but you make no response to him. Because when God speaks, He's God. He expects response. Now, last week I began this message and I told you about Sippa. I told you how the children of Israel they 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 were they had leprosy and they could not even hear God any longer. And they did not think they had a problem in their life because they refused to deal with what was going on in their life. It limited them from being able to hear God, to respond to God in the future aspects of their life. And listen to me, Christian, child of God today. If you have a problem hearing God speak. You have a problem at the heart of who you say you are. You have a problem at the very essence of you being Christ-like. And so so when we look to the Word of God, we're saying, God, what are you saying? And so here in the very first chapter of Genesis, God begins to speak, and He speaks to His creation. He speaks to Adam and Eve, and the first thing God says is, Bless you! Isn't that wonderful? God says, I'm going to bless you. God says, I want to pour out blessings upon you. And man, we want to stand in line for blessings, don't we? Yeah. But you better watch what God is saying to you in the aspect of blessing. See, he said, I want to, I want to, to, to bless you. I want to release blessings upon your life. And the word bless is actually the Hebrew word for barak. And it means to endue with power for success. It means to be prosperous. It means longevity. It means to produce, to reproduce. It means to have power for abundant, effective living. And listen to me. You cannot receive the blessing of God outside of a prayer encounter with him outside of you having relationship with him. There's no other way. Now, you can bless yourself. Do you understand that? We can live up to our own expectations. We can do with what we want to do. We can spend our money any way we see because we say it's our man. And we can bless ourselves. And there is pleasure in sin for a season. But the season will run out. But to know the blessing of God upon your life, you have to hear what God says. And this understanding of chapter 1, it's in the context of prayer. The first thing he says, I want to bless you with there is in verse 28. He says, be fruitful and multiply. And yes, we understand this is the blessing of procreation. But it is more than just having children. It's more than the power to have children. God is saying, I'm giving you the ability to extend yourself. I'm giving you the power of Christ in you to extend life itself. I want to bless you. I want you to have a powerful life. I want you to have a productive life. I want you to have a purposeful life. I want you to have a missional life. I want you to have a life that's full of all the joy that I can bestow in your life. But you've got to respond to me. Because if you don't respond to me, you just start living in a rat trap. And all you're trying to do is survive. And you exist from one day to another. And you said, why is it like that for me? Why is it I just can't be happy? Why is it I can't have joy? 
why? And it's a poor, pitiful me syndrome. Because what you understand, blessedness is going to come in the context of prayer. And he says, I'm going to bless you, and you are going to be creative, and I want you to fill the earth. God says, I want you to fill the earth. I, I, creativity to fill the earth. He says, I want you to have community. You know, as well as I do, our life is enhanced by relationships, right? Our kids came in this weekend. We've had a wonderful weekend. Our friend from East Tennessee came in, Jerry, with them. We've had a wonderful... Why? Because it's relationships that give meaning to our life, present tense, right now. We have relationships. And that's what God says, I have blessed you, and I want you to know community. I want you to know community in family. You understand that even in family, it reflects the very personhood of God because you've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And you've got father, and you've got mother, and you've got child and even in my own life individually in your life individually i'm a body i'm a soul i'm a spirit and god says i want you to know community i want you to know the blessing of family i want you to know the blessing of god's people of the church because that's how i want to pour out upon you the blessings i have but he says i want to bless you but we've got to be in the line to receive that blessing and then he tells us in verse 20 i want you to subdue and have dominion over the earth he said i want to give you power to conquest i want to give you power to overcome i want you to live in an empowered position on this earth i want you to be the head and not the tail i want you to live in this life but i want you to live over it and i don't want you to live under i want you to be creative i want you to know blessing i want you to know joy that's what god intends for us let me ask, how's that working for you? Do you know, do you experience the blessedness of God in your life day in, day out? Do you know what it is to live in relational community and fellowship one with a? Do you know what it is to have God's power upon your life whereby you are not just extending your personal kingdom, you are extending the kingdom of God because you move with creativity, you move with the anointing of God on your life. We are victors, not victims. I want to bless you. That's what God says. See, 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 see. We've got so much in America with the idea that God wants to save you so you go to heaven when you die and you don't go to hell. Yes, that's a truthful statement. But God says, no, eternal life starts now. It starts the moment you meet Jesus. It is a different life you live now, present tense in this world. And how you live now determines your reward in the future. There's purpose in this life. And it's not about getting all the stuff you can and grabbing all the gusto you can as you go around. It's about kingdom living. It's about kingdom driven purpose, desire for God's glory to be expanded, for lost souls to be saved. Are you living that fashion? Or do you just add Jesus onto the weekend on a Sunday morning for an hour? Because there's more to it than that. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 2. Because in Genesis chapter 2, God again speaks to man. And, and he speaks to man and, and he gives life to man. See, 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 you understand Adam and Eve were created in innocence. They were created in an innocence. They were created in a purity. But, but because they were created in this innocence and this purity, they still had to let character be developed in their life. Now, do you know what the difference between your character and your reputation is? Your reputation is what everybody thinks about you. Your character is what God knows about you. Is there a difference? Absolutely for the most part. 
Because God knows us in bad times, dark times, difficult times as well, and how we act, how we behave. And God says, I could care less about what your reputation before man is. What I want is I want to develop your character. I want to develop inside of you whereby you reflect my son, you look like my son, you act like my son, because you are Christ-like. Now, now in, in Oracle Arizona, which is about 55 miles north of Tucson, Arizona, they have developed the world's first, and this was years ago, the world's first perfect environment. It's called a biosphere or an ecosphere. And and what they did out in this desert was, that I I don't know how it works, but anyway, they have put this perfect environment underneath a dome, and they've planted all the plants. They have everything in this perfect controlled environment and here's what they found when they did this the trees would grow the plants would grow the vegetation would produce but the trees would get a certain height and it'd fall over so an old farmer one day shows up and he says i hear you have some problems with your trees and they just laugh at him who are you and so the old farmer he finally says i can tell you your problem he says there's no wind in this environment and because there's no wind in this environment the tree's root systems have not developed whereby they interlock they go deep to stand up against just the weight of gravitation and life listen to me they started understanding something it took wind it took opposition to release in the dna of these trees the ability to stand strong are you hearing what i'm saying god says in your life i'm going to allow into your life opposition i'm going to allow into your life winds and storms i'm going to allow stuff to go on inside your life so that dna that i've given you gets released whereby your roots will be entwined and they'll be secure whereby you'll stand stall and you'll stand firm i'll release that inside but it only comes as i'm building your character and i build your character by letting you go through stuff and letting you go through issues and letting you go through hardships you see here here's what he says If you are going to live in the productivity that God wants you to live in, if you're to know the blessings that you would have with a relationship with God and relationship with others that enrich your life, if you're to live an empowered Christian life, you have to get your character right. And here's how God builds character. Look at chapter 2, verse 16. Unto the woman, he said, I will... Wrong chapter, chapter chapter 2. He says... And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely. But, you better watch when the but shows up. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. You want to know how God builds character? You know how God releases that holy DNA inside your life that will enable you to stand amidst the storms? He says that you have to have the ability in yourself to restrain yourself. Do you hear me? You have to be willing to say no. That's the first command he gave, is it not? I want to bless you. I want to empower you. I want to enrich you. But 
You have to restrain yourself and you have to be willing to say, no, in order to pass the character test of God pouring out on your life, of God pouring out on a church, you have to restrain yourself. What does that look like? How about food? I'm preaching this this Sunday, not next Sunday. See, restrain yourself. No sex outside of marriage. Premarital, extramarital. Restrain yourself. No crazy on the credit cards. Not financially irresponsible. Restrain. This is what it looks like, guys. You have to have the enabling by God to say no. To put yourself behind and to say, God, I'll live for your kingdom. I'll live for your glory. But I have to understand what it means to practice restraint, even in my pastimes, even in my hobbies. Lord, I've got to watch the time robbers. I've got to watch the time wasters because they'll creep up inside my life. And next thing you know, I've wasted the whole day and I've never got on my face seeking you, longing for you. If you are going to be used and know the blessing of God on your life, there's a character trait that has to be developed. And he will do his part to develop it. But we've got to say yes to God. And that means when we say yes to God, we automatically say no to certain things in the world. Is this making sense? Stanford University, several years ago, they did a study just of their faculty's kids. They brought all the kids in that were four years old, set them down in a room, and one of the leaders walked around with a bag of marshmallows. Now, you know what you do when you get a marshmallow, don't you? Man, you pop that baby in your mouth. And they set down the marshmallows in front of every child, a four-year-old, and some of them, as soon as it was down, they gobbled it up. But they told the kids this, if you will wait till we tell you when to eat the marshmallow, we will give you another marshmallow. You'll have two. How do you think that went? Not very well. In fact, very few said no until they were given permission and then they did get two. And they studied these kids longer through life. And they realized all these kids had issues because they did not know how to practice self-restraint. You don't understand how important this character trait is in your life. And you may have blown it for the last 30 years, but at some point... You have to say, Lord, with your help, I will practice self-restraint because it's about your kingdom, it's about your glory, and it's about me knowing your goodness and your blessing and not me trying to create it on my own by my own ability. You see, none of us are without sin. None of us are, are incapable of sinning, you see. But hear me, what happens is this. When we keep on not practicing self-restraint, we get sippa, we get leprosy, and we become indifferent to God, and we don't even realize it. We think we're all right. We look at Billy Joe over here and Sister Sue over there, and we think, I'm doing as good as he is or she is, and we think we're all right, but we don't realize we have become completely indifferent to the things of God, to the Word of God. And so here's what happened. God says, I want to bless you. I want to pour out upon you, but you've got to learn to say no. That just didn't start in Reagan's era. That goes all the way back to the beginning, guys. 
And then you go to Genesis chapter 3. You find here the first dialogue actually in the Bible where God is communicating, speaking, and Adam is responding to God. And, and see, here's what God does. He simply asks this one question. He said, Adam, where are you? Do you understand when you get serious unto the Father about prayer, he's going to ask you that same question. He's going to ask you, where are you? Mark, where are you, Anthony? Where are you, Char? Where are you? Because God is wanting you to assess in your life where you are spiritually with him, where you are in relationship with him. Now, guys, I've been here for six, seven months. Believe it, I've got lost more than one time. I don't tell you all. I don't tell Char. I just keep driving until I find out where I am. Right, men? That's the way you do it, right? You don't ask for help. There ain't no sense pulling over asking them people. But if I were to call you, Greg, and say, Greg, I'm lost. Help me. Do you know what you're going to say? Where are you? Well, if I knew where I was, I wouldn't be calling you. Right? But that's what God says. He says, where are you? I'll say, all right, Greg, I'm over here by Billy Joe's pool hall. And across the street is Bubba's antique barn. I know exactly where you are. Go up three miles, hang left by the oak tree, turn right, you'll be good. But I had to first tell him where I was. And that's what God is saying to you. Where are you? I'm headed for divorce court, God. I've got rebellion in my heart. I've got rebellion in my home. God, it's out of control. Where are you? God, I've got lust in my spirit. I've got God, I've got so much pride inside of me about who my family is and what we've accomplished and what we've got. God said, where are you? And he said, assess where you are. Get honest because until you get honest, you're never going to get found. See, and that's the first thing when he dialogued with Adam in communication. He said, Adam, where are you? And Adam did exactly what we do. We make excuses. And that don't help. And so when you pray, if you don't ever assess, prayer is so much more than requesting stuff. It's about you getting close to the Father. You abiding in Christ Jesus. You snuggling up to Him. And you just relaxing, kicking back, humbling yourself before Him. And letting Him speak into your spirit, speak into your soul. The words He would have you to, 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 to hear. See, see, prayer calls you out. See, Adam finally said, Lord, I was naked and I hid myself. See, sin makes us self-conscious, and we try to hide it, right? And as long as we're trying to hide it, we're staying in our sin. And so, so, so he calls you out so, so you can look to the Father, so you can obey what God is saying. See, see, God said, listen to me. He said, I want you understanding life is more than you buying a house, having kids, getting grandkids, getting a good job, getting the picket fence, and all the extras, all the cars, all that. It's more than that. Because if that's all your life is, it exists around you and your family and your friends. You've missed it because I want you to see through my eyes, and I want you to see this world as lost and undone and you're the ones I've sent into this world that you might be a messenger for Jesus Christ. I want you to see a world that that you're never going to see as long as you're just caught up in your own little self. 
I want you to see a guy named Camille who, who's 32 years old, 33 years old. He's from Poland. He, he is a brilliant young man. He taught himself English so he could read Christian classics and understand. He got a scholarship to come to Yale University. He goes to Yale, gets his master's degree from Yale. He goes back to Poland to serve a church. They can't even pay him. We live in our little world. I want you to see Christian who works down in Haiti. He was an orphan in the 1970s. He was raised up in this orphanage. And now he is the second in command of this orphan center. Not an orphan center, but of a Christian school center. And he works there for the glory of it. I want you to see him. He has purpose beyond him. I want you to see a man named Alfred who lives in Kenya. He lives in a mud house. He's a pastor. See, see we got to get out of our comfort zone. Of It's all about my little click and we got to see God's perspective and we got to see the lostness of humanity in Madisonville and Hopkins County and say I don't know what your issue is but I know the answer He's in a person of Jesus Christ who gave his life on Calvary's tree and he died bearing your sin and he is extending you his righteousness. Remember, remember the Roman guard who, who took the garment and he probably wore it down the street saying, I got the garment that Christ had, that old criminal. No! We got the garment of righteousness that he extends to us. See, see as long as we live in our little world, we never see beyond our four walls. And he's saying, I want to bless you. And the way I bless you is by I bring you in relationship with me. I give you my heart. I build my character inside your life whereby I can trust you with responsibility. I can trust you to go forward and to share the message of faith. See, 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 see. And, and so when we pray, what happens when God calls us out and says, where are you? An alarm starts going off in, inside our heart where we say, Lord, I'm really not where I'm supposed to be with you. I'm not in tune to you like I should be. Lord, I need to hear your voice more clearly. Lord, Lord, little things don't bother me. Because if little things don't bother you, you're, you're missing something. The more quickly we can walk away and forget what we've encountered with the Father. When you, when you learn to pray, you realize life doesn't revolve around you. It doesn't revolve around me. It's about his kingdom. It's about his glory. It's about him working in our life, working in our behalf. The Hebrew word for prayer is paliyal, P-A-L-I-A-L. It means to judge, but it also means to reconcile. See, see, prayer is not just about you getting your Christmas wish there to Santa Claus. Prayer is about you coming before the Father and seeking His face. James chapter 1 and verse 23 says, The Word of God is like a mirror. That's why you need to open the Word of God and you let the Word of God show you yourself. You see, and so what happens is we come before God and we start wrestling. Why? Because we don't like what we see sometimes and we don't know how to process through it. So we start wrestling with God in prayer. And, and as we wrestle, what happens is God takes hold of us and God lays hold of us and He won't let go of us. So, so here's what He says, I want to give you power in this world. I want you as my child to have the power power to have creativity flowing from your life you're extending your life which is my life in you i want to bless you with favor upon the earth i want to give you power that you can have healthy relationships in life i want you to be uh, the, the victor not the victim but it all comes when you start looking at yourself through the eyes of faith through the word of god and say god here i am because if i don't i get sipper. And I get the inability to feel 
pain. And I don't sense anything anymore. And I look at life like it's all about me. And when we as a child of God can say, oh, I I can sin and it not bother me. You're in a terrible place. You're in a terrible place. Because see, what's going to happen is this. One of these days, it's all going to come out. What's done in secret comes out and open. And so that's why we're here. I can't believe he embezzled. He was in church all the time. That, that's why we hear and say, I, I didn't know that they were caught up in that type of lifestyle. I didn't know that they had that STD. Because everything that we do in secret is going to come out. And the only place that you can change it is at the cross. And you put on the righteousness of Christ. And he robes you with this garment and you live to his glory. And you can tell people, say, look, don't you, don't you understand the danger? Ah, it is what it is, preacher. Why are you willing to lose your kids? You seen my kids lately? It is what it is. Why are you willing to throw away your marriage? I'm over it. And people have sippa. They don't understand moral pain. They don't understand any of it because they've hardened themselves from God. And the only hope is the blood of Christ. What will wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What will make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, see, what happens is when we come to Christ, be it saved or lost, in repentance. Listen, here's what repentance is. Repentance is God trying to heal your soul. When you come in repentance and God extends grace, He extends mercy, He moves you, He changes in you. But, but see, see, we've got to be careful. We don't do what Dietrich Bonhoeffer warned of. And, and we have this cheap grace where, where I've got forgiveness. Now I can just keep on sinning. No. Randy Alcor said, any concept of grace that makes us feel comfortable sinning is not biblical grace. You understand that? If you think, well, I can get forgiveness and just go right back. No. That's not biblical grace. That does not exist. That's the fake stuff that's being propagated. See, see, he said, you come, and my blood is applied. See, when Jesus wanted to save the world, he didn't send a CD, he didn't send a DVD. He sent his son. Took on human flesh. God condescended. He came down. And he took my sin. He took your sin. And he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me.
So I don't know what God is saying to you. As you are a child of God, you profess that you know Jesus as your Savior. How's your prayer life? It's got to be more than a wish list. How's your relationship with the Father? Lost person, if you're here today, and God has quickened your spirit, He is squeezing your heart, it is beating loudly. You think your neighbor may even hear it right now. He said, come and I'll save you if you'll come yielding to me, responding to my voice. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning. God, we need your blessing. We desire your blessing. But God, it's not like what the world says and what the world dictates. It's not all this list of stuff. But the blessing is the presence of you abiding with us always. The blessing is you guiding us, you working us. And even in the hardships, God, you're developing the character of Christ in my life and others' life so that we can stand against the assaults of the devil. God, we pray for your blessing upon our lives. We pray for your blessing upon this church. Give us eyes beyond these four walls. Give us eyes with a heart that sees the lostness around. Oh, God, stir in this place. And God, if there's one lost here today, save them, Father. Give them faith to respond to you. Give them the willingness to stand up and say yes to Jesus.